Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 152. When you start listing some of the things that we all love doing on a Royal Caribbean cruise, often you'll hear stories about great experiences on board, and for the adults, a lot of times those memories tend to happen in the bars and lounges on Royal Caribbean ships. Royal Caribbean's bars and lounges are wonderful spots to hang out, have a drink, enjoy music, entertainment, or even a place to get up and dance. This week, we're counting down our top five bars and lounges across Royal Caribbean's fleet. Here we go. One area of a Royal Caribbean cruise that is overlooked in terms of the fun and entertainment they offer are the bars and lounges found on Royal Caribbean ships. In fact, Royal Caribbean is a great place for adults of all, any age to hang out and have a great time. And sure, cruises have always been popular with honeymooners and spring break folks, but guests of all ages can enjoy sitting back or perhaps standing up and dancing with a beverage in their hand. And this week, we're going to look at some of our favorite Royal Caribbean bars and lounges across the fleet. And joining me on this very serious research topic is Michael Poole. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me back. You know you couldn't do this podcast without me. You know I love the bars on Royal Caribbean ships, so thanks for having me back on. You know, I've prided this uh, podcast and Royal Caribbean blog in general on hard-hitting research, and nobody has put in more time and research than you, sir, when it comes to bars and lounges. Isn't that the truth? I have definitely been a big fan of the drink packages, and I have explored all the bars across all the ships in the fleet, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, let me start off with this question. Let's, let's take a step back for a second, Michael. Before we get to talk about it, before we get to talk about our favorite bars and lounges on a Royal Caribbean ship, what do you think makes a great bar? Well, I really like the atmosphere. I think having some live music really spices it up, makes it fun. So when I look for a venue, especially in the evening time, I look for locations where I know I can find a little bit of entertainment while I'm there enjoying a drink. Yeah, it's it's what makes it memorable, right, Michael? It's the idea that you know the schooner bar has known for pianos and trivia. Uh, the you know the pool bar, it's got its own entertainment in that you turn around and bam, you got the whole pool in front of you, right? Everybody, you know, whether it's the belly flop competition, whether it's just people lounging, you know, there's it seems like there's always something going on, and and I think that's really what makes a bar more than just a location that happens to serve alcohol or drinks in that for that matter. Right. You know, that's one of the things I look for in the cruise compass, you know, the night before is where's the entertainment going to be tomorrow? You know, where do, where's the hot spots? I look for the live music and you're right about the pool bar listening to, you know, the Caribbean band. That's one of my favorites. So uh, really go to the music and the entertainment. Absolutely, Michael. And, you know, I think that's why – and this was kind of the idea behind this podcast is Michael and I were talking about – you know, when we talk about cruises, inevitably we're talking about our, our favorite things to do. And I think there are bars, Michael, that you and I both go to. We gravitate towards, right? But regardless of the ship we're on, we look for certain bars because we know there's going to be a great time there in addition to a good selection of alcohol. Oh, I agree. And, and one of my favorites across the fleet, Matt, and, and we can, I guess we can go ahead and get going, is, is the, the Schooner Bar. That's a classic bar that I really go to on all the ships. It's, it's been a classic for many years. And I just, you know, from midday trivia to live entertainment at the piano bar at night, it's just it's a go-to almost every single night to pop in. Absolutely, Michael. Couldn't agree more. You know, the, what I love about the Schooner Bar is there's always something going on, right? Trivia, piano, live music, uh, yeah, who knows what. It seems like there's always something going on at the Schooner Bar. And and I love that it's just – it's got like – I mean I don't need a party to have a good time, but it's always nice when you're drinking with friends, right? And And you get to see folks over there and everyone's having a great time. That adds to your experience I think as well. 
Right, I agree. And if you happen to get on a Vision class ship or a Radiance class ship, the Schooner Bar is the one of the most beautiful bars on the entire ship because of the views. It's glass from top to to the ceiling to the floor. So if you can land one of those window seats at sunset, man, it's a magical moment. And they're rather large also. It's kind of interesting. When you go on the Freedom and Voyager class ship schooner bars, they're nice. They're fine. But then you go on the Radiance class, and it's like, whoa, this is way bigger than the the other classes of ships. And it's kind of odd because, of course, Radiance class ships are smaller than Voyager and Freedom class ships, and yet their schooner bars are are larger. So it's kind of an interesting – although I got to say, Michael, I got a pet peeve I got to bring up with you here. Okay. Um. And I apologize to anyone I'm about to offend here. It is pronounced schooner bar, not <laughs> schooner bar. <laughs> I my, have definitely called it both. <laughs> my, I, we were on Brilliance of the Seas, and my wife goes, let's go to the schooner bar. And I looked at her and I said, what did you say? I said, the, 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 the schooner bar? And I said, schooner bar! It's schooner! <laughs> schooner is a nautical thing. I don't know what it means, but it is a, definitely a thing. And I'm sorry, that that's my pet peeve. It's pronounce the schooner bar not that i would ever mispronounce the name of a certain buffet restaurant on all royal caribbean ships to give it a french flair or anything but i'm just saying when it comes to the name of this particular location i am very picky about it very particular i was just about to bring up the windjammer that's funny you're thinking alike (laughs) nice all right let's uh, let's pick another one you 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 started off on on a good note what's another bar michael you think is definitely on your list well, one of my favorites across uh, many of the ships is going to be the pub. So yes. kind of going back to what we said with the entertainment and the live music, the pub is one of those spots late evening, you know, when some of the other bars are kind of dying down. The pub is still going strong, at least till 12, 1230 at night. Live music, they take requests. So it's more of an intimate um, experience as far as entertainment because you're getting to talk to the entertainer. He's taking requests for music. And, you know, of course, I love the beer and their beer selection is amazing. I agree. I love the pub on Royal Caribbean ships. And the reason why is because, like you said, in the evenings, they have some sort of – usually he's a guitarist. In fact, I can't uh, uh, I cannot think of an instance, Mike, I don't know if you can, where there has been an entertainer in there who is not – a guitarist, but in all my experiences, they've been guitarists and they sing bar music, you know, the kind of songs you want to sing along to it. It's more of, so the scooter bar does some similar things with the piano, but the, there's something about the, the, the songs they sing at the pub. It's a little different. It's more of, I, I don't know how to, how to qualify it, but it's just songs, actually songs, you know, the words to kind of experience. I just gravitate towards it a little bit more. Uh, the the pub experience and I agree, Michael. When when it's evening and you're thinking of things to do, you know, where should we go? We need to kill thirty minutes, an hour, who knows what. The pub is just the go to place, and I love it. I love the ambiance. I love the I love that it's dark. It it has a great bar selection, as you mentioned, and and you get to sing along to songs that odds are you're going to know the words too. Yeah, when we were when I was on the alert a couple weeks ago, you know, we didn't even plan on going to the pub, Matt, but just walking by and I could see it just so packed and everyone having a blast. We just had to stop in, and then we've ended up staying there a couple hours. So, man, it's so many memories are made in the pub. I really like it. 
Yeah, and it's it's. I guess maybe the difference is well, they both do jokes. I don't know. The, the usually the entertainers in the pub are quite entertaining in themselves. Like they they throw jokes in. They'll make up their own lyrics to songs. And as the night progresses, certainly the musical choices uh, change as well. Once the children go to sleep, you. I have some one of my best bar experiences that I cannot tell on the air happened at a bar uh, <laughs> at the pub. In fact, on a Royal Caribbean ship, they sang a song that is not appropriate for the air, but it was. It's one of those experiences you have to you have to go to, and and I love what they uh, what they do there. So the, I agree, Michael. It is one of my go to places, and I got to give you credit. I'm pretty sure on many cruises you've hammered it into my head, go to the pub, go to the pub, and my God, I go to the pub, and it is definitely <laughs> worth it. Yeah, like, Matt, have you been to the pub? Have you been to the yeah. pub? But for those of you that you know, if you have even the select package, the drink package, it's the beer and wine. All the beers are included there at the pub. There's so much variety all across the world. So go in there and, and try a new beer that you've never tried before. Now, here's a bar I think we both have on our list, Michael. And this one is one that is relatively new to Royal Caribbean, but it's already a favorite. And it's I know that, in fact, when you were on <laughs> went on when you've been on many, many times Enchantment of the Seas, the R bar. Right. Oh yes, the R bar. That is, to me, it's almost like being at home when I'm at the R bar on a Royal Caribbean ship. This they've done it. You know, it's beautiful granite counter. You know, on the Enchantment, it's in the Centrium. Um, they make it's a little slower a process for getting your drink. So if you're in a hurry, I don't recommend going to the R bar. You are going to wait a little bit, but they're going to make the cocktail with a little bit of personality there. Yeah, what's interesting, so our bar is meant to be like a throwback to the bars of the 1960s that serve really classic cocktails with a modern twist. And what I really love about the R bar, Michael, is that the drinks are handcrafted and it's different. In fact, every single R bar across Royal Caribbean's fleet has a different special menu. So if you go to Freedom of the Seas and then you go to, you know, Navigator of the Seas, their R bar, they have a special menu that is unique to each one. And it's kind of funny because I'll go. One of my favorite drinks I've had at the R bar is the Raspberry Ricky, and this is a drink I had on Navigator of the Seas. And I went to Freedom of the Seas and I said, "Hey, can I get?" First of all, I didn't see it on the menu, so I can have a Raspberry Ricky. And they, it's almost like, "Oh, you know what that is? It's like a badge of honor. It's like you collected that, you've earned that that merit badge, and you know what it is." And to me, that's a really cool experience, and I love they. My favorite thing to do. If if you're kind of a, you don't you get to the bar Michael and you don't know what to get right you're like I'm not really in the mood for anything in particular my favorite thing to do is go to the R bar tell the bartender or waiter say hey uh, you know what uh, surprise me make something for me I don't, I really don't know what I want they are awesome at making up drinks and just coming up with something amazing and that is what really gets me and that's what I really love about the R bar yeah I agree if I could go to only one bar the whole cruise for me it would be the R bar. It's it's really fun time. Those of you that are not familiar with the R Bar, this is the bar that is taking place for the mini ships, the Champagne Bar. So this is the same venue, but they kind of rethemed it, you know, brought it up to the as Matt mentioned, the '60s decor. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun at the R Bar. Let me ask you this, Michael. You've, I know you've experienced both kinds. There's actually two variations of the R Bar. One is the one you mentioned that replaced. Well, I guess they're all replaced champagne bars. But my point is that on Voyager and Freedom class ships, they re, they they're it's a different experience than on Radiance class ships and uh, Vision class ships as well. Where in Radiance and Vision, they're in the Centrum, right? As opposed to being more in a different location. Do you have a preference to uh, of either one, the, the Voyager Freedom class style or the Centrum style? Well, I guess I'm a little biased because you know my love is for the enchantment. But for I think for more of a 
intimate Arbar experience, the Freedom class, the Voyager class, it, it's just a different experience. I feel like you get to know those bartenders more because they're not being so overworked like uh, at the Centrium. It's just a very popular, busy location. So I think for the best experience for Arbar, it's going to be on a Freedom or Voyager class ship. You are a gentleman and a scholar. That was a test. You passed. We can continue this podcast. <laughs> Man. Okay. All right. Pick the next was, one, Michael. Okay. So I was going to shift gears here a little bit. We've talked about fun, uh, music, entertainment bars. But here's one that, for me, if you're looking for maybe a formal night experience, a anniversary, birthday, something a little different and you want more of an intimate um, cocktail or post-dinner cocktail – for me, it's going to be vintages. That's where I'm headed to. It's um, you know, it's a little darker experience. You get to know the bartender. You know, they let you taste different types of wine. So it's a wine bar. Uh, they do have champagne. So you're not going to get any handcrafted cocktails or anything. It's going to be a wine bar. But I just really love going to vintages. I think it's it's a romantic pre dinner drink. What about you, Matt? I love vintages. They have the most comfortable chairs ever. If you're looking for somewhere to relax and you want the most comfort possible at a bar, odds are on every ship I've been to, it's vintages. They have couches, which is usually hard to find on a Royal Caribbean ship, quite honestly. And it's also, they have a great selection. Here's my only problem with vintages. I don't know if you've experienced this too, Michael. They're usually completely empty. (laughs) There's never anyone there. I don't know why. It's like no matter where they are. It just seems like there's just not as many folks on there. When we were on Allure of the Seas, we actually did our podcast recording, that the episode that we recorded for, for the Royal and Block podcast. We did that in vintages because there was literally nobody in there. It's kind of a weird – I don't know what, it's, what it is. I don't, know, like, I don't know who vintages offended, but it's a really cool bar. But it, I don't know why more people don't gravitate to it. Maybe it's because, Michael, they don't have the live music. And maybe in the evenings, that's what brings people to the bar, right? Right. It's definitely a different experience. And if you happen to sail on an Oasis class ship, you can actually order um, tapas there. So you can actually have dinner there or, you know, as Matt usually do, like pre-dinner, you know, you can go in there and order some snacks and with some wine. But he's right. It, it is empty. But if you're looking for something a little more intimate, quiet experience, check out Vintages. All right. Let me ask you this, Michael. If you had to pick one pool bar. There are many kinds of pool bars. There's not just the the main pool bar. There's there's many variations. There's a sky bar, solarium bar. Uh, you know, there's the um, they have different names depending on what ship you're on. Give me your go to pool bar. There's only one like it in the fleet, and I know you know what I'm about to say. It is uh, on uh, <laughs> Enchantment it, of the Seas. It, it faces is on the ocean. Enchantment of the Seas faces the ocean. There's nothing else in the fleet like it. It's called the Oasis Bar. So it's the pool bar. It seats about 25 people, and it's just facing the ocean. Um, it It's worth try, sailing on a, uh, Enchantment of the Seas just for that experience. Um, so that's going to be my go-to pool bar. Do you have any favorites, Matt? You know, I've, first of all, as soon as I, I was actually thinking you were going a different direction, then I totally forgot about the Oasis bar. So, yes, I knew exactly where you were going with that one. I haven't experienced it, but I need it. I'm not going to lie. I want to try it, the Enchantment of the Seas, just for the Oasis bar because it is, you know, Michael pointed out early on to me that what makes the Oasis bar unique is that it actually faces the ocean. If you're sitting at the bar and you're sitting on a stool and you look forward, you sure you'll see the bartenders in front of you, but you'll also see the ocean behind them, and that's a pretty cool thing. Usually, you're looking at the back of a wall and liquor bottles, right? Right. Yeah, it's a different experience. Um, you can actually sit down and enjoy your drink because there's so many bar stools. Often, 
on ships, the you know the pool bars kind of rush in, rush out. There's shoulder to shoulder. This is a different experience. You get to sit down, enjoy your drink. I've even eaten lunch up there from the poolside barbecue. So you know, I love it. But if I had to go on a Oasis class ship, one that I discovered that's kind of the pool bar bat that I like to mention is the Wipeout Bar. Uh, I went there for sail away party, and no one was there. It was completely empty, and I was like, man, this is a great spot. And you get the views of the aft of the ocean, and you can see Fort Lauderdale behind you. So that's going to be my runner-up um, outside bar by the pool. That's not, a, that's not a bad choice at all. I've had so many good memories at, at the Wipeout Bar. Cause, and I agree. It's kind of interesting. Usually I like bars where there's, where there's a good crowd there, but not the Wipeout Bar. At pool bars, I want to be able to get my drink and then be able to enjoy and not feel like I'm waiting a, a while for it. And the Wipeout Bar is great for that because it's usually not that crowded. But they've got a great selection, and I agree. It's nice to be able to, I guess, do the reverse Oasis bar where you just turn around and boom, there's the ocean, and you get to see it. I was actually going to pick for, for my pick for a pool bar, the Solarium bar. I've always liked it. I think it's great because it's it's an outdoor bar, quote-unquote, but it's indoors, right? Because the Solarium is almost always enclosed in some regard. So it's great if you want to have a pool bar experience, but maybe – Maybe there's a passing shower. Maybe it's really hot outside. Maybe it's not so hot outside. Solarium's always perfect weather, and and the Solarium bar to me is just my go-to. I remember when I was on Brilliance at the season, I had a drink package for research. Of course, I would never get it otherwise, and I, I and I purchased the drink package. And the Solarium bar is where I ended up going to a lot because great service, good selection, and like all pool bars, it's nice to be able to look around and you know be able to check out what's going on. Yeah, I didn't even – Solarium Bar didn't even come into my head. There's so many. I like going to the Solarium Bar in the morning time if I ever want to get a morning mimosa or something like that. For some reason, I always go to the Solarium Bar. It's kind of just peaceful. It's at a much slower pace and just very relaxing to just sit there and enjoy it in kind of more of a quiet atmosphere. All right. So now, Michael, I feel like there's some people yelling at their iPhones and Android phones and – Microsoft Zunes right now uh, because we haven't mentioned one bar in particular, one lounge, in fact, that Royal Caribbean is fairly well known for, and we haven't talked about it yet, the Viking Crown Lounge. Yes, the Viking Crown Lounge is still around. There's a couple ships that it's not on anymore, but there are many ships where it is, and that is my go-to spot in the evening. If you ever want to do some dancing, um, you know, have a drink, or even watch the sunset. Maybe not even late night. Maybe 5 o'clock. You want to have a drink and just watch the sunset. You will not find better views on any cruise ship across the fleet than this venue. And can I point out that on Radiance class ships, it spins? Yes. Oh, my. Yes, it does. I forgot about that. That is so cool. You're yes, sick. I was on I was, I was on Brilliant uh, Jewel the Seas the first time. And I saw that. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. It spins very slowly. It's like, I mean, think like Space Needle. Spinning, you know, it's like, I mean, if you stood there, a complete rotation probably takes a good five to ten minutes of imagining. But I'm sorry, I'm a sucker for for cheesy effects. And this one, there is no cheesier effect than a bar that spins around. It's a circular bar, 360 degrees, and you, you step on and you get your view changes for you. It's the ultimate lazy bar. You don't have to move your head. Yeah, funny story, Matt. I was on the Brilliance for the first time standing on it, and I was like, am I moving? Or 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 do I need to be done? I'm like, what is happening? Wow, I'm drinking a lot. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I was like, I could have sworn I was just right on that side of the bar. But man, it's really cool, and it's kind of fun. Something to kind of look at while you're waiting for your drink versus just standing there. It's kind of fun to just see us spinning around. So I love it. 
Absolutely. All right, Michael. I know we. I said this episode's top five, but I think we're at about fifteen right now. No surprise to anybody here. Let me ask you: if you want to go dance, because I know you are a dancing machine. We saw that on your on Allure of the Seas during Periscope. It was <laughs> it was great. Some, I don't know if you if someone told you this story, but Michael was on Allure of the Seas. He did a great job live blogging at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And Michael, of course, is a huge fan of Periscope. It's a social media app where you can do live broadcasts. I do one every day. And uh, we were, and anyway, Michael was doing one on Alert the Seas. It was cool. Michael was chatting with us and showing us around. I think you were at Dazzles, if I'm not mistaken. And you signed off. And then, but someone else was at the same bar as you and was pa- periscoped almost immediately after you. And sure enough, we all picked up, hey, there's Michael dancing. And you are a <laughs> dancing machine, my friend. So, what is your go to dancing bar? If you want to enjoy a drink and be able to, uh, do people say, still say cut a rug? I don't think they do, but whatever the metaphor is. Wow. I didn't even know that story, Matt. I was thinking you were going <laughs> to talk about me dancing at Johnny Rockets with the uh, the waiter staff, dancing with them. But my God. That's I guess- who? <laughs> I guess everything's on Periscope that you do, but hey, it was all in good fun. If you're on an Oasis class, I think Dazzles is a really great venue because it offers a little different music almost every night. There's different themes. So, you know, you, one night it's like 80s theme, I'm, you know, there's 60s, 90s. So they, they try to cater to all different types of, you know, music genres. But I think Dazzles is going to be like an every night dance spot. I did go to Blaze a couple times, but. As I'm getting older, I think I'm I'm kind of phasing out of that that spot and 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 going more towards the dazzles route. That's a good choice. I think my go-to dancing bar. Not that I really dance at all, because I, I it would be a detrimental to humanity. I'm doing everybody a favor by not getting up there. But I my favorite place to at least watch other people dance. Boleros. I think they do a great job. Love the live music there. You know, I I I just I don't know what they're saying, but it's it's beautiful music. First of all. And second of all, having a nice uh, like the, one of the best mojitos ever is always at Boleros, and being able to enjoy some salsa, a merengue music, uh, is to me the best kind of backdrop. Whether you're getting out there or you're like me and you're you're hiding in the corner, nonetheless, it is still a fun experience, and I love Boleros for that. Yeah, and it's, I was just about to say I had the mojito at Boleros on Allure, and it, and I can still taste it, like that first sip. It's such a good mojito. So if you're a fan, stop in there. Um, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in there dancing. Just there's so many bars, but, you know, I think that's what I'm going to look more into uh, for some dancing because, you know, I like to get out there and have fun. Absolutely, and that's the key, Michael, is, you know, regardless of what ship you're going on, I mean, our list is just our list, but go out there and explore different bars. There's so much thing. There's different things going on. Royal Caribbean does a great job with live music. There's entertainment. You never know. So really, get out there and try different bars. I know you find one. They say, "Oh, I love this bar. That's cool too." You can still go back there, but try other bars on board your ship. Explore because you never know what's going on in another one. And it's it's to me, it's one of the underrated experiences on board is to you know try different bars on on different evenings or afternoons and see what's going on because it is a really fun experience and it's it's something that i really do enjoy especially after the kids go to adventure ocean getting a chance for me and my wife to go check out different bars and see the menus because a lot of times the bar menus are different from bar to bar which i love and trying new things out i agree you know i get comfortable and want to go back to the same one but definitely try to go out and just pop into someone if you're not having a good time you know there's plenty more and I feel like there's so many more we haven't even listed, but, um, you know, there's the rising tide is, it's fun just to, you know, do it once or twice. And then, you know, you have the bionic bar. So it's just, the list just goes on and on. 
Absolutely. Well said. All right, Michael, thank you so much for helping us out here. Hey, anytime. When when you said you wanted to talk about some real Caribbean bars, I knew I was your go-to guy. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you to everybody checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. I love doing this each and every week. And you know what? Answering your emails is one of the favorite things I get to do every week. So this is the part of the show where I ask you to send me your emails, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and we'll read them whether it's about a question, a comment, a thought, whatever is on your mind about Royal Caribbean. This is your forum to discuss it. And our first email this week is from Mark Worth of Shelton, Connecticut, who writes, Hi, Matt. We made a change to our 20th anniversary plans and decided to cruise on Oasis of the Seas in December. Normally, we fly in the morning of the cruise, but on this trip, we're getting into Orlando the night before around 7 p.m. It appears that there are a number of snoozing cruise hotel packages that include transportation to and from Port Canaveral. Some people have recommended staying closer to the airport, and others suggested staying closer to the port. My feeling is stay closer to the airport so we can get to bed shortly after arriving. We are looking at the Hyatt Place, which is a couple of miles from the airport, and appears to have a good and highly rated package. We're wondering if you have any suggestions based on your experience for pre-cruise hotel and transportation options that will not break the bank. Also, are there any must-dos on the Oasis of the Seas that we should know about, or any other tips for the ship? Thanks, Matt. Keep up the great work. Mark, excellent email and excellent question. So, Port Canaveral is very interesting. As I think many of you know, Port Canaveral doesn't have an airport. It's over on the coast, east coast of Florida. But I think a vast majority of folks fly into Orlando, and Orlando's only about ooh, about 45 minutes or so by car away. It's very easy. I mean, it's literally a one-highway ride. I mean, it's it's straight shot. Very simple. Almost everybody flies into Port Canaveral, right? And you really do have a, two options. You can go stay at the port, or you can stay in Orlando. And Orlando is one of the biggest tourist areas in the world. A lot of people tend to... Uh, also include perhaps a little pre-cruise vacation, perhaps visiting Walt Disney World, SeaWorld, Universal Studios, Legoland. There's a ton of theme parks, ton of things to do. You could easily spend a couple weeks before your cruise in Orlando doing stuff there. It's a very common thing to do. Now, the advantage of staying in Orlando, in my opinion, is that you can. there's more options, more variety, and I think it can be a little bit cheaper in terms of hotel rates. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I don't love the park and stay vacations or those packages where they drive you to the port. There's a couple reasons for it. Number one, I really don't feel like any of them are really saving you all that much money. In fact, some of the times there's actually still a transportation cost to the port, like there's a shuttle cost or something. But more importantly, and this is what I really have the issue with, take issue with, is that you're subject to their schedule, their shuttle schedule. And most of them do run uh, shuttles fairly often, but uh, I like to be in full control of my destiny, so to speak. And I like to be able to go when I want and not have to worry about someone else's schedule or waiting for other people or filling up a shuttle, all that kind of stuff. Now, you can, it doesn't hurt to ask. Certainly, sometimes you can say, hey, look, I want to be on the shuttle that's going to get me to the port at 9 o'clock because I'm crazy and I want to be there, literally one of the first people there. They may work with you on that. But... I think personally, I feel like I get more control and more comfort in just booking a good rate at a hotel that I'm comfortable with and then arranging my own transportation. Everyone's experiences are different and your party size and your requirements maybe, you know, will vary, right? So there's that being said. I would say, what I guess I'm trying to tell you, Mark, is don't assume that those park and fly packages are necessarily the best possible deal. Can they be? Sure. But are they? Not necessarily. And I would consider both. Now, just stay at the Port of Orlando. I guess it depends what you're looking to do. I do understand why you're leaning towards Orlando because if you're not arriving until 7 o'clock, get your luggage, get to the hotel. I mean, you're lucky if you're in your hotel at 8, 8.30, right? And to add another 45 minutes, 
why you can do that in the morning when you're super excited and can't sleep and you know want to get out there and if that was the case then i would probably lean towards that option orlando is a great choice there's tons of hotels and the advantage you have is you don't necessarily want to be near theme parks location is not important to you and if you're not if you're okay with location being somewhere else in orlando like in say the east side of town which has no theme parks you can find some great deals in fact so I think, Mark, if I were you, I would just search for a great deal on a fairly new hotel that's well-rated and save some money there and then, you know, get up early in the morning, which probably is not very difficult to do on embarkation day and and get yourself over to the port. I think it'll be part of the adventure and I think you'll solve a number of the issues that you brought up there, Mark. So good email. Oh, you also asked about uh, tips and must-dos on Oasis of the Seas. I'm going to do you one better, Mark. I've got actually got a blog post about the top 10 hidden secrets on Oasis of the Seas that I wrote on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I will post that on the show notes for you, Mark, and you can check that out. There's lots of amazing things to do. I will tell you two things off the top of my head that I can think of. Number one, uh, they'll be offered only once during your cruise. you got to look at your cruise compass for it. There is a guided tour. It's free of Central Park by the ship's horticulturalist, and they will take you around Central Park and literally give you a tour of all the plants and explain everything. It is fascinating. It is a must-do, in my opinion. They only do it like once on the cruise, and you got to look for it in your cruise compass. Usually, it's like early in the morning, but check it out. That is something I really like doing. And the other thing is, Mark, I don't know if you have kids. I don't. I think you're going for your anniversary trip, but nonetheless, who cares? You're young at heart. Check out the small wonders. There are these little hidden gems all around the ship. They look like periscopes or little telescopes that are pointing to the ground. And you look into them, and you can find all sorts of little neat pieces of art that you can only see if you look through them. So you have to look for these little small wonders and then have to you know look inside to see what it is. It's very cool, and it's a great activity, especially for sea days. Try to walk around the ship so you can find them all. So two off the bat, but there's plenty more for you in that blog post that I mentioned, Mark. So uh, hopefully that'll help you out there. Thank you so much for the email. Great stuff. And uh, Mark, of course, I want to hear what you end up doing because, you know, I think a lot of folks are are always debating that kind of stuff, right? Our next email comes to us from Karen from outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Matt. My family just returned from sailing seven nights on Freedom of the Seas Eastern Caribbean. I thought I'd pass along my lengthy thoughts. This is our first Royal Caribbean cruise. We sailed Disney three years ago before they went insane with their pricing. And I have to say, it did not disappoint. I went in with rather high hopes, having followed your blog and listened to your podcast for the past 15 months. And Royal Caribbean far exceeded my expectations. Every person I encountered was friendly and helpful. The service we received was actually surpassed my experiences with Disney, and almost everything about the cruise really did deliver the wow factor. The only negative was the towel checkout policy for the pool. It was very annoying to have to check towels in and out, especially since they were inconsistent about checking them back in. I had to have guest relations zero out the towels on our account on the last night, and they would tell us at times that there was a two-towel limit and yet give us more towels at other times. We have three kids, so we frequently had to have more than one person go in to get three towels. That said, the highlights were number one, the R-Bar. Bartenders were exceptional. They joked with us, remembered our preferences, and actually liked it when we brought our kids so they could see them. They even made my kids drinks to have along with us version, of course, when we brought them by. Sabor, Matt, you weren't kidding. The service, food, and drinks were all phenomenal. My only regret is that I couldn't see what they put in the guacamole so I could try to recreate it at home. The ultimate drink package. Since this was our 15th anniversary trip and there was a 20% pre-cruise booking discount, we went ahead and booked the ultimate drink package. I like not having to think about the bill at the end of the trip and not feeling guilty about leaving a drink I didn't like. That said, now that I know what drinks I do like, I really don't think I'd get it again. The coffee on the ship is good enough for me to skip Starbucks, and I typically don't drink enough to justify the cost of the package. Still, it was well worth it in the situation. 
Saitama excursions were a lot of fun. We did the Screaming Eagle boat ride and the sky ride. And the St. Martin downhill hiking trek was also a great experience. My mom and daughters enjoyed the butterfly garden in St. Martin. Finally, the main dining room. The food here was excellent. They really... There really was very little that we didn't like, and our server always brought us something that we didn't order for us to try. I never once left hungry. More to my amazement, the kids didn't either, and they are super picky. But more impressive than the food was the service. Our waiter, Savio, was the best waiter I ever had on land or sea. He was very friendly, anticipated things before we could even think of them, catered to my kids to make them feel extra special, and made sure every dish my mother received was compatible with her many allergies and seemed to genuinely care. The same can be said about our assistant waitress, Mingzin, and her head waiter, Karen. I have already praised them to Royal Caribbean in my post-cruise survey, and honestly would sail freedom again just to see them. The kids didn't spend a ton of time in the kids' club. It wasn't a kid-heavy sailing, so they combined the 6 to 8 and 9 to 11 age groups, and there weren't many kids in their age range of 9, 10, or 11. Instead, they opted to do things together. They thoroughly enjoyed the table tennis, mini golf, shuffleboard, and of course, Sorrentos. I can honestly say we will sell Royal Caribbean without hesitation in the future. Thanks for all you do with the podcast and blog. I think listening and reading over this past year really helped us have a fabulous experience. Karen, first of all, awesome email. Thank you so much. And I am so happy to hear that you and your family had a great time on board. I love this breakdown of everything you did and the experiences there. I, I, first of all, I, as you probably are aware, Karen, I'm going on Freedom of the Seas in September as part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Crew. So, hey, if you want to go see your, your favorite wait staff again, come join us for it, Karen. September, you can drive from Atlanta. Just saying. <laughs> I'll post a link in our show notes about the group cruises for Karen and anybody else who's interested. Of course, I'm, our group cruises are basically we go on a cruise and say, hey, everybody, Karen, Michael Poole, any of you, come join us for it. Let's cruise together. That's what makes it more fun, right? Everything is more fun with friends, including cruising. And that's the idea behind the group cruises, and there's still time for folks to join us for it. So I'll post the link again in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com for more information about that. Uh, a couple things that I picked up on from your response. First of all, Arbar, uh, Karen, you echoed everything that we just said earlier in this episode about Arbar. I love it. It really is. I think the staff, I don't know how they kind of d- determine it or what the training is like, but... For some reason, the staff at Arbar is amazing. I mean, really, they do a top-notch job, and it, it's that attention to detail, right? Remembering your children, remembering your drinks, being creative. I love that. So that's awesome. Glad to hear that. The Ultimate Drink Package, boy. You know, I did the same thing, Karen. I booked the Ultimate Drink Package for my Freedom of the Seas cruise because there was a 20% pre-cruise booking discount, just like you had. And I also wanted to not have a huge bill at the end of the cruise. And I suspect, I'm, I'm, I try to keep as open-minded as possible. But I suspect I'm going to come to the same conclusion you did. But, you know, it, it's one of those things, right? Uh, there, there's pluses and negatives to everything, so I get it. The one thing also you mentioned was the towel checkout policy. This is a weird one. Officially, a couple of years ago, this is probably going into the beginning. It was either January 2014 or January 2015. Royal Caribbean had put out a policy that they were getting rid of the the towel checkout fee. So basically, back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean a couple of years ago, Royal Caribbean used to charge guests. No, they didn't charge guests. Sorry. They tracked guests who took towels at, at the pool. So if you said, hey, I need uh, four towels. Say, All right, Mr. Hodgeberg, uh, I will scan your CPAS card. And they would have a record that I had four towels. And then when I returned the towels, they would scan my CPAS card again and record that I returned them. And the reason why they did this, I suspect, I, we don't know why, but I suspect it was that people were leaving the towels out and didn't care. And I think more importantly, they were probably leaving them off on shore excursions. You know, they would go to some beach, use the towel, right? They go to the beach, soil it up with sand and water, and then say, meh, I'm just leaving it here, right? I, this is my guess, because if everyone was bringing it back, why would they need to be tracking it? Nonetheless... Uh, a couple of years ago, Royal Caribbean said, okay, we're getting rid of this policy. 
for whatever reason. I suspect it was for guest experience. And they posted it. And we posted it on blog.com. Well, as it turns out, some ships didn't get the memo. Or they didn't... Or they re-engaged the policy for whatever reason. So some ships, like Freedom of the Sea, still continue to do this, while other ships do not. I frankly don't understand it. And I kind of wish they would be more consistent about it fleet-wide. Either it is or it isn't. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be a ship determinant. And I agree that it, it's just a negative guest experience. You know? It, it's annoying. It creates lines. And let's face it, these towels are probably... I mean, I can only imagine how quickly they run through these towels, even when they are returned, because, you know, the wear and tear on them must be huge, right? Between all the washings and heavy use. I mean, you got to think that they're they're going to be, you know, recycled quite often. But nonetheless, I agree with you, Karen, that that's kind of a... That is something that I picked up on, too, and I kind of roll my eyes at it, to be honest with you. But... If the worst you can say about your cruise is that you didn't like their towel checkout policy, I guess that's a pretty good cruise, right? <laughs> awesome, Karen. Thank you so much for the email. Love it. Next, our email is coming to us from Dan Stewart, who writes, Hi, Matt. I just listened to your podcast, so if you covered this, I apologize. I was just curious. Do you have a favorite or least favorite cruise director? Thanks, Dan. Great question. First of all, welcome. Glad to have you here on the podcast. My favorite cruise director I've always liked Jimmy Rhodes, who is on Quantum of the Seas currently. I think he's very talented, does a great job with, with his, uh, you know, his shtick. I mean, the, the job of a cruise director, I feel, is to really, um, you know, be the, the, the life of the party. To be at a lot of different events and, and to be someone who takes the events and brings it up a notch, right? Because most of these events kind of run themselves, okay? Let's be honest. The, the, the belly flop competition is entertaining regardless of who's hosting it. But a good cruise director will bring it up one more level. A good cruise director will make you as a guest feel like, hey, this is more exciting than it probably maybe is. <laughs> they do a great job at hosting. And that's a, it's kind of a X factor that's hard to quantify. And you know what? Dan, a lot of times, you know, you'll find, I'll say, oh, I really like Jimmy Rhodes. Someone else will say, well, I don't really care for his style. It's very much a subjective thing. But I really like uh, Jimmy Rhodes quite a bit. I think he does a great job with with uh, what he does, and he's very talented. They're all really good. I don't think I've re- really run into a cruise director. I said, ooh, I don't like that guy. And the worst I can ever say about a cruise director is sometimes I go about halfway through the cruise and don't realize who the cruise director is. But that's more a product of me not spending a lot of time at the events. Usually, you'll... you'll you know, if you go to a lot of the activities on board, you're more apt to a figure out who the cruise director is, and b you know hone in on is the crew director of, of you know nice or good or talented, whatever the case may be. Uh, but they're all Royal Caribbean employs a great activity staff, and they really are they do a great job because this is a job where you've got to be on you got to be on, and I mean on is in like hey you know like properly caffeinated and excited a lot. You are the life of the party, as I mentioned. And that's hard. It's easy to do for like an hour at a time. It's really hard to do seven days a week across multiple sailings, sailing after sailing after sailing, right? I mean, I can only get excited about Sailway so many times if it's my job. And But they do a great job doing it. So they do – it, it really is – it always astounds me, quite honestly, impresses me how talented they are uh, in terms of being able to do the sailing after sailing. And you – don't miss you don't you go on your sailing and you think it's their first time you know because they're just as excited as you are so it's a great question and uh i, I have my favorites and of course if you have your favorite cruise directors i would love to hear that send me an email matt at royal caribbean blog.com this is for anyone not just dan who can uh you know share with us this information 
Uh, next, we have an email from Robert Chang. It was great talk to you the other day. The one point I left off on my outline about my recent cruise in Liberty disease was the Zika virus update that I thought your listeners would like to hear. My wife is a pharmacist, and she's super cautious when it comes to medical issues such as the Zika virus. My wife is the kind of person that buys the special hydrogen peroxide wipes and wipes down the entire stateroom before we even bring our luggage. By the way, my wife says the alcohol alone doesn't kill the norovirus, but the hydrogen peroxide will kill the remaining 13 antibacterial resistant viruses such as norovirus. Sorry, I digress. With the Zika virus, she brought she bought the Avon Skin So Soft Bug Guard Plus IR3535 and the Off Bug Spray with DEET. Both can be found online. She's really against DEET as a pharmacist, but it was a toss-up between DEET or Zika, so she chose DEET. We visited areas during our cruise that were listed on the World Health Organization watch list for Zika, including Houston, so we were definitely cautious going on the trip. From our research, mosquitoes are more active during dawn and dusk, but of course, they can be found throughout the day as well. The interesting thing is that we didn't see any mosquitoes at all, nor did any of us get a bite. The area we were probably worried the most about was Chichen Itza, since we were in the jungle surrounding, but not one bite at all. You're talking to a family that went to Hawaii a few years ago and got bit every single day we were there. Of course, if you're pregnant or planning on having a kid soon, then I would still be very cautious, maybe even avoid it. But from our experience, it didn't seem as bad as what the media has made it out to be. Royal Caribbean will allow you to cancel excursions up to 24 hours before the excursion, or you'll just need to change it to an excursion that will completely avoid mosquitoes. So lather up, spray it up, and enjoy your vacation. Awesome. Rob, thank you for the email and for the update. Good info right there. And let's uh, wrap things up here with one more email. It's from Jessica Awatona of Marietta, Georgia. Hi, Matt. I've been listening since the WDW Today days and was excited when you started the Royal Caribbean Block podcast. I love Disney and Royal Caribbean, so it has been great listening to you. I'm going with my husband on Oasis of the Seas in October for a fifth anniversary cruise. It's a Western Caribbean cruise with stops in Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. It'll be a fun week, especially because my parents are watching our three-year-old daughter. Lots of reading, sleeping, and eating is on my schedule. I have two questions. Number one. We When we went on a cruise in 2011 on Freedom of the Seas to get married in St. Thomas, I remember having sushi in the Windjammer every afternoon. My husband doesn't remember this at all. Am I imagining that this used to be a thing? Do they still have this in any of the Windjammers, or is Azumi the only sushi game in town? Uh, Jessica, you are not imagining it. Well, kind of imagining it. <laughs> no, you were not imagining there was sushi in the Windjammer. That is true. It wasn't in the afternoons. It was in the evening. Uh, the jade section of the Windjammer on ships that do not have Izumi, which Freedom of the Seas still and was uh, the case... Have, offer sushi in the evening. So when they open for dinner, which is about 6 o'clock, you will find uh, sushi over there. And it is available there. Actually, so it's interesting also to note, and this may change. I'm not sure, but I don't I don't think so, but I could be wrong on this. Uh, as of July 1st, which is coming up soon here, Jessica, uh, all Royal Caribbean ships will offer Izumi to go. And what that means, or Izumi Express, sorry, that's the word. It's basically takeout sushi. Even on ships that don't have an Izumi, they will prepare Izumi quality sushi. My thought about the sushi on in the Windjammer was, yes, it was free, so you can't argue with the price, but the quality was subpar. I, I, in fact, I think my last time on Freemancy's last summer, Jessica, I didn't even eat it because it was just the quality was not good. I got to be, I got, I got to be able to call a spade a spade. Didn't love it. And so I just said, well, you know, when I'm on a roller cream, it's just I'm only eating sushi in the, in Izumi. But this will be an option. Of course, Izumi Express will cost money. There's that. But uh, they still theoretically should have the sushi in the jade section at dinner time in the Windjammer of Freedom of the Sea. So, yes. Number two, Jessica wants to know, my family wants to do an Alaska cruise in the summer of 2018. Thank you for the recent shows about them. It got my dad even more excited. 
uh, and I want to do this for my dad's 60th birthday. I know that by our cruise this October, the schedules for 2018 won't be out yet. Should we book a room on some random 2017 Alaska cruise to get the next cruise bonus and change to the cruise for 2018 when it becomes available? Do we lose the onboard credit for the next cruise when we change sailings? We usually go through a travel agent. Do we lose the credit if we attach her name to the sailing later? Last question is, can we book more than one room? We will have three to four cabins for this Alaska cruise. But my husband and I are the only ones going on this cruise in October. If we can, we would love to put a deposit down for all the rooms that we'll be needing for that future cruise. Wow. Great question, Jessica. This is something that I think is uh, very much something a lot of people go through. So here, let me ask you. Let me answer all your questions. You want to book 2018, but of course you can't. So you're, should you book a next cruise and then change? Yes. That's a great strategy, in fact. Book a random cruise. Book something as far. I wouldn't. It doesn't even have to be an Alaska cruise, Jessica. Just book something far out in advance. And what will happen is when Royal Caribbean opens up 2018, you'll be able to then change it. The next cruise bonus will follow you. The booking promotion that you book under will not. So let's say, Jessica, let me explain this. Let's say when you go on your cruise, there's a BOGO deal. Odds are there will be one, right? So it's like a BOGO 50% off or, you know, that's the promote booking promotion, right? So Royal Caribbean at the time will give you, okay, Jessica, you're going to get BOGO 50% off and you're going to get your next cruise booking bonus. When Alaska opens up, there may be a completely different promotion that's out there. And what will happen is they will say, okay, Jessica, you can keep your next cruise booking bonus because that follows you around all, everywhere. But that BOGO deal you booked under, yeah, that, that's going away. You're going to be subject to whatever the new booking promotion is at that time. So you have to be okay with that. The other thing is you asked, uh, do you lose your onboard credit with next cruise when you change sailings? No, that follows you around. That's Remember, when you make a, a next cruise booking, you put a deposit down. So it's essentially the same difference, and that money follows you around there. Now, in terms of a travel agent, here's the thing you are going to want to be aware of. When you make a next cruise booking, you have 60 days from the booking date to roll it to a travel agent. So if you were to book it on your own on the cruise and then next March, when it probably will be coming out, the sailings, you then go to book it, you won't, you'll be out of that window. My suggestion is if you want to use a travel agent, which is a great idea, book it under your travel agent then. In fact, that way, when the bookings do open up, you can just call your travel agent or text them or email them and be like, hey, can you just uh, do me a favor? I want to go on this sailing, move the sailing to the sailing, you know, and then you go back to reading royalcaribbeanblog.com while they sit on hold with Royal Caribbean and fight with them to get that all changed up for you. Let them do all that work. So my suggestion, honestly, is book for some random date, put it under your travel agent that you want to, and go from there. And the last question you had was booking more than one room. Absolutely. Royal Caribbean loves taking your money. <laughs> my suggestion is, here's the other thing. I guess it really doesn't matter. I was going to say that you should put as many people on the reservation as you can because it's always easier to take people off than put people on. But it doesn't matter because you're not actually going to go on the selling you're booking. So yes, book as many rooms as they'll let you do. In fact, don't forget, you can also always, you know, uh, book two, you know, two rooms on this sailing, two rooms on that sailing, because you know that when the Alaska 2018 stuff comes out, you'll be able to change it all there to put it all in one sailing, if that makes sense. But you should be able to do that without a doubt. I would key in on your travel agent what you're doing so that they're aware of what's going on and before you're sailing. And that way you'll have it all laid out for you, Jessica, and you get the best of both worlds. You have the travel agent managing it. You get the benefits of it. Everyone's a winner. And you don't pay anything extra for it. Love that. All right, Jessica. Sounds like a great strategy. Please let me know when you end up booking. I love hearing what people end up booking. It's, it's my way of living vicariously through all of you. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me. Love having you on the podcast with me. And of course, hey, I want to hear from you. You have a question, thought, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean. Let's talk about it right here. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.